Welcome back to another episode of Saint Sinner Winner with Sam Thiday. My name is Michael Atkinson. Joins as always by NRL legend Sam Thiday. Yeah, there was go. a bit of that Dan Rather in there. There's a bit of a whistle there. Saint Sinner Winner. What's the old guy from Family Guy? <laughs> oh man, you do not want to be compared. No, to you don't. Know. He's <laughs> hey, Shani. <laughs> he wants popsicles. That is a yeah. bad. And the, a the bad third character. voice you can hear is our other good mate Shad Wicker, who's coming to us from Melbourne this week. Hello, guys. It's a pleasure to be talking to you guys from what is apparently the uh, cultural capital of the country and not willing to come and check out the culture that is my show. <laughs> oh, you're still trying to sell tickets, mate. <laughs> mate, I'm always trying to sell tickets. I, I, tell yeah. you what, I did offer two for one to some mates down in Melbourne and they were a bit busy, sorry. Yeah, they, they said, how about two for none? How about that? <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell you now, I've, I've always said this and I've always been a firm believer of it. Sydney is way better than Melbourne. And I'll be in Sydney in May, so please come and buy tickets to that show instead. <laughs> well, neither of them got into uh, Time Magazine's top 50 cities in the world, and Brisbane did, so... And that's why I sell out in Brisbane, baby. Oh, yeah, can't wait to be home. Can't uh, wait to be home. Sporting capital of the world in Melbourne as well with the F1 uh, there at Albert Park this weekend. Just gone absolute chaos that was. Just You were there, Chad, in person, checking out the action. Did you get to see all the drama and crashes? Yeah, Chad. Well, Yes. <laughs> Mate, you are just... Are you okay? Do you need a coffee? Have you had a big day? You started the show by whistling. Now you're calling Chad. <laughs> Chad. Yeah. Was it the Chad? Was it the Chad? Oh, I'm, the Chad I'm so great. glad you're there, Sam, to, to back me up, to defend me. I know. I'm keeping absence. him in line, mate. Yeah, yeah about time. someone has to. This is ridiculous. To... I was I was at the F1. I uh, actually managed to... I don't know how. This is probably why there was so much chaos. Um, some idiot managed to give me access all sweets passes... <laughs> for the Sunday afternoon. So I don't know what happened in the race, but I'll tell you what, I definitely got stuck into some of what the, how the other side lives. I was actually in like the Marriott. I went into like uh, some of the other like Richie kind of brands that are there, some of the race uh, brands suites. And I'll tell you what, they don't serve what? spring rolls as their canapes no. when they're walking around. Mate, I, I, could, I couldn't bloody get myself a little party pie anywhere. <laughs> Everyone was eating kingfish. It was cooked salmon pieces, a bit oh, of steaks. I was like, I've, been, I've been tossing up for years whether or not I should go to the F1 in Melbourne. You've just decided for me. I'm not going anywhere near it ever. If there's no spring rolls, count me No out. party pies. You no should have been pies. a door-to-door salesman and try to punch some of your tickets out to some of those big wigs. Oh, look, I think I think those kinds of people would look at the price and be like, this is too cheap for me, mate. Actually, you know what? I probably should have been like, yeah, tickets are like, I can give you the suite in the 30-seater yeah. room. You can have the suite for two and a half grand. Some of these suites there, though, $6,500 dollars. To wow. go in there. That's why they yeah. can't afford to go to your show. They're paying for sweets <laughs> at F1. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get into the F1 a little bit deeper, I reckon, because, as I said, it was absolute chaos, drama. So much happened at the Melbourne Grand Prix. Plenty happening in the NRL as well. Mm. I reckon this is the best season of NRL we've seen. Like, in the opening five, six weeks, it has been absolutely incredible. Some of the matches, some of the upsets, some of the highlights that we've seen. Well, it's crazy. You live, you look at the top eight that we have at the moment compared to the top eight, even this time last year. You've yeah. got the Broncos sitting first. You've got the Warriors second. Roosters. Oh, say it loud and proud, mate. Warriors <laughs> second. Say it loud and proud. <laughs> Roosters third. Uh, Manly uh, fourth. Panthers, then Storm, then Dolphins, then Bulldogs. Wow. Who would have thought after five rounds that would have been our top eight? I think only three of those were in the top eight at the end of last year. 
Uh, yes. Storm, Panthers, and Roosters. Yeah. None of the rest were in the top. Well, obviously, the Dolphins. But, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. There was more golden point games on the weekend, which were amazing. Uh, there's some interesting stuff going on with the Tigers CEO, which we'll get into in this episode as well. The NRL has been incredible. Biggest show in town as far as I'm concerned. It's been absolutely amazing. Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Uh, a little bit of rugby news. Eddie Jones named his first Wallabies squad since returning as coach. It's essentially the first squad he's named um, Wallabies squad since 2005, nearly 20 years. Obviously, that was the last time he was in charge of the Wallabies. Uh, there was a few selection shocks in there. Probably the biggest one close to home for us up here in Queensland. Uh, and semi-former NRL player Suliasi Vunavalu got picked. But with all due respect, he has been stinking it up on the field. No oh. one can believe he is in the squad. It's unbelievable. He's got dirt on Eddie. He must have he dirt does. on Eddie. He's got dirt on him. Eddie does have an infatuation with rugby league talent. You know, back when he was the Wallabies coach uh, earlier this millennium, he recruited Lottie, Wendell Saylor, Matt, uh, Matt Rogers as well. I Matt said Matt Yeah. <laughs> Matt Rogers as Matt well. Takiri, yeah. I like seeing Great player, Matt Takiri. He's really honest. Yeah. Matt Takiri is a great player. He's one of my favourites. <laughs> Can you name me, like, you could probably name what, when it comes to rugby, you could probably name a handful of ex-NRL players that play good in rugby. So, like, Sailor, Takiri, obviously Rogers, Vunivalu, like a few of those. Vunivalu hasn't played me? well, but yeah, go on. Well, but yeah, well, he's got a couple of shots. Well, Corabetti, okay. So how about that? Yeah, Corabetti, right? yeah. yeah. Excellent. There you go. Can you name me name me four wingers, pure pure rugby, purebred rugby wallabies of the last 10 years? Name me four. Just guys who didn't come from rugby league. Yeah. yeah. Just last four, 10 I can't, years. I can't think of four from the last 10 years in the wallaby side. No, that's probably wingers. an indication of how poor their results have been. <laughs> so that's, that's probably why he's so obsessed with rugby league. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I'm not knocking that <laughs> from him, but like he has also said players pick themselves. Like basically, if you play yeah, well... Right. You'll get picked. And yesterday, sorry, Sunday when he announced the team, announced the squad, we got to interview Eddie and I was like, you've said players pick themselves. If you don't like that you're not in it, play better. I said, you've picked Suli and he's been terrible. And he was like, Ooh. he was like, oh, mate, like I know what he can do. I saw him at the Storm three years ago, <laughs> yeah. mate. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's three years ago, Eddie. But he, he's like, he doesn't care what I think, obviously, Eddie. And he just knows, he believes that despite Suli's struggles, he can be a world-class player and he's backing his coaching ability to unlock that in Suli. So if he gets it done, then I'm happy to eat humble pie. I'm surprised I didn't make the team, actually, in all honesty. <laughs> Ten years ago, I was a brilliant player. Yeah. <laughs> and you could probably play wing in rugby as well. Oh, yeah. I've got a great I've got a great set of hands and I can kick the ball back. Is that what they do? Like <laughs> AFL? Yeah, yeah it's something yeah, like that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Leave rugby alone. Uh, boxing, Anthony Joshua returned to the winner's list. First time since December 2020, I think. Beat Jermaine Franklin in a big bout. Uh, and he has called out Tyson Fury. He wants to take on the Gypsy King. Uh, I but think I think the Gypsy uh, King's a bit busy now, isn't he? He's a real Realty. estate agent now. <laughs> Yeah. Mate, I hate this dance needs to end. This whole Anthony Joshua won't fight for a bit, beat someone, and then goes, oh, I'm going to fight Fury, and it never happens again. Usyk's supposed to be the person that Fury's going to have to fight, and that's the only fight that really should matter when it comes to Tyson Fury and his legacy. I don't like Anthony Joshua. He's fallen off the perch a little bit, in all honesty. Mm, he, he was Joshua. He was the yeah. top of the tree for such a long time, and he was this good-looking, handsome uh, oh, sorry. Is he uh, not good looking anymore? He's still good looking and handsome. Yeah. He just can't fight. Is he that did, what you say? Yeah, he just. Sam Side calls out Anthony Joshua. <laughs> yeah, why not? 
I'll fight him. You were supposed to have a fight at the beginning of this year. Yeah, I was. And you were scared of fighting Willie Mason, but you're not scared of follow, fighting oh. Anthony Joshua? <laughs> well, let's just say, Anthony Joshua, I'll get a lot more money fighting him than I will Willie Mason. Yeah, but it's Willie's I, teeth I, that are really scary, right? Yeah. I'd yeah. argue otherwise, actually. I reckon the, the purse split you fighting Joshua would be pittance compared to what you could possibly get fighting against Willie Mason. No, no, I'll, I'll talk some good game. I'll talk some great game. I'll put some, um, like, broken glass in my gloves and stuff, you know. Dirty boxing. <laughs> Speaking of purses, actually, uh, a huge moment for women's cricket uh, with an MOU. I don't know if you can say that, but we'll play on. Six to go. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say purses when you're referring to women because like, I've, I've got a great purse collection at home. <laughs> Sorry to offend those men who listen and have great purse collections. Yes, exactly. Uh, but they are about to add to their purses because there's been a landmark day in terms of pay for you women's You can't critters. say that either because they might they might enjoy having wallets as well. Mate. <laughs> it's 2023. You can't. It's been a big day in terms of pay for female cricketers. Thank you. Is that did I offend anyone there. there? Well, maybe. Just Chad. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realise that I didn't realise that Sam Thardo was the uh, the gatekeeper of all things politically correct. I but told it's you, fascinating, fascinating uh, rebrand that's happening right now. It's interesting. No, because I'm is. as I'm as the least political correct as, as possible. Political no. correct. Yeah, exactly. See? See, I can't talk either. I've caught the bug. Whatever you've got, I've caught it. Uh, we'll dive into that one a little bit later because it is absolutely massive for uh, female cricketers in How's this that? country, which is, <laughs> you love that joke. I know. Every time we talk cricket. And this is one Shad really wanted to put in. I said Shad. I said Shad. Uh, WrestleMania. I don't even want to talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought it was worth a mention. It's like, you know, as much as it's not a real odds of like sport, obviously everything's pre-planned. Wait, you're telling me it's, it's not real? It's yeah, sorry mate, sorry to burst that bubble. But it's one of the Santa biggest real? spectacles in sports Santa's and entertainment real, and it took place over the weekend. I think it was quite massive. They had like 116,000 people into the SoFi Stadium where the uh, Rams play, which funnily enough, the Rams and the Chargers struggled to get those kind of numbers last season <laughs> in the NFL. So that's kind of impressive. And the biggest part is that at the same time that WrestleMania is taking place, news came out that the UFC could potentially be merging with the WWE, wow. who are up for sale at the moment. So I thought that's a very interesting uh, scenario because you think of, obviously, the UFC, real, amazing, super popular, mm. but you can't deny that the WWE knows how to put on a spectacle. And I think, could you imagine the merging entertainment value of bringing what the WWE does into something like the UFC? I it would think that would be the perfect character arc. For Conor McGregor as well. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes. He was mentioned in the press conference afterwards go. as well. So well, doesn't uh, we've got Ronda Rousey? Uh, she's a, an actress now. Velasquez uh, also uh, had a stint at one point as well. There's a few ex UFC uh, and a, a few that have actually expressed interest, including Conor McGregor. Yeah. Did Brock, the money. Did Brock Lesnar go the other way? Yeah, Brock Lesnar went both. So yeah. he, was he goes UFC. both ways. Yeah. He goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, he's by wrestler. By wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, he goes both ways. Thank by you again, Sam. Yeah, by restaurant wall. Thank you again, uh, Sam Thardo, keeping this show politically correct. Thank you so much. Actually, uh, yeah. I, I think I saw Snoop Dogg was actually. Snoop Dogg was yeah. 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 And actually, in saying that too, uh, Daniel Vito over there yeah, in America, former, yeah. old teammate of mine. Um, he was always a bit of a different character, and uh, he is fitting in over there massively, and they absolutely <laughs> love him. Um, I think his name's... Um, Slamming Samoan or something like that? No, no, it's... Uh, Should be. It's like <laughs> Zion Quinn or something, uh, yeah. 
That's yeah. fearsome. It is fearsome. Look out for Zion Quinn. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out what it is. All right. Well, I think I know what Shad wants to start with. The Waz. What oh. a win for the Warriors over the Sharks. Oh. Take us through it. Mate, no, how about you eat humble pie, Akko? <laughs> And yep. have a look at you can all see it on the Saint Center winner Instagram. Uh, Akko with his awful, awful call that the Warriors were going to get absolutely. You'll get yours. By the Sharks. You'll get yours. At least, at least the Sharks were up twenty nil. It's actually the greatest comeback in Warriors history. It's one of the great. It'll probably go down as one of the great all time wins in club history, I reckon. And that has been claimed by people like Alexander and stuff and ex players from the Warriors. And it was like the most unlikely of. Of like trying to Warriors side, and I've never seen I've never seen this team since I started going from when I was a kid because the North Sydney Bears got eliminated from the comp. That's not here nor there, but I've never seen this team. I've always known them to collapse. And yeah. if you get two tries on the Warriors, I'm like it's game over. Yeah. Let alone twenty nil to come back and win thirty two to thirty. I was beside but, myself, and it was absolute pandemonium. Sean Johnson kicks a penalty to put them up thirty two thirty. With when he kicks it, there's. 30 seconds or 15 seconds left on the clock, something like that. The Sharks kick off, short kick off. The mm. Warriors get penalised for, for an offside. Or an escort or yeah. something, yeah. Something so like. Nico Hines has a shot on the buzzer to send it to Golden Point, and he misses. It was absolutely one of the greatest comebacks, probably the greatest comeback the Warriors ever had, but one of their greatest wins ever. But I saw and heard people in the commentary and on the broadcast saying, this is the greatest win. And I was like, hang on. They've made two grand finals in their history. Yeah. Like, this is a good win, don't get yeah. me wrong, but it's round five. They've also made it to a grand final twice. And gotten pumped. Yeah, but times. winning a prelim <laughs> and getting into a grand final. Like, the first time they qualify for a grand final back in 2002, surely that's a better win in the club's history than well, a round I think, five victory. I think, I think, well, I mean, Sam, you'd be the bigger one to... I'd imagine so from a player's perspective that played in that time, I'm sure, but... I would, I would, I kind of agree. I feel like their win against Melbourne Storm before they went on to lose to the Sea Eagles in the grand final that was probably one of the biggest wins I reckon in Warriors Definitely. history because that was like the the unbeatable Storm and I think we won that by like two points or something. It was it was a tight one as well. Well, I watched the game and I started watching it. Uh, I think it was a second set of six. Sharks scored fairly <laughs> easy on the left hand side. Yeah, and then. I think their third set of six, they score again. They rolled down the field so easy. And I literally, I, I tuned out at that point in time. Um, I'm getting a Sunday roast on at that point. <laughs> I've got the veggies in the oven, the, the, the chooks in there. And then I turn around and, yeah, it is pandemonium at the end. It was absolutely hectic. Um, it was them, great viewing. For them to come back. And I think Sean Johnson spoke really well at uh, at, at full time. Dropped he was, an F-bomb he too. was Yeah, he dropped an F-bomb. That's all good. Play yeah, on player. Now, he was almost, they said they were laughing in the sheds. You know, we'll be talking about this you know, when we're old. What about this comeback? And they they literally did what they said they were going to do at halftime. So I thought it was an absolutely great game. There was another um, couple of classic games yeah, uh, over throughout the round. weekend as well. Yeah, there was a, uh, a draw. So Manly and the Knights couldn't be split 32 all. Another in weird Mudgee. game as well. That was a really weird game. It just seemed to. Uh, no one wanted to win so many times. Yeah. It was almost like that. It was like it was like almost a friendly game. They had a friendly handshake at the start of the game, and it was it, like there was like we would have split the points today. No one wanted to win that game. Yeah, it didn't seem like anyone wanted to win. Dom Knight Can scored four tries. He wanted to win. I've got two questions for you, okay? So one to do with the Knights game, and I said this like two weeks ago, and I was laughed at by you guys. But are the Knights better 
without Ponga. But you're a comedian, mate. Like, that's your job to be <laughs> laughed at. So, like, why are you complaining, mate? We're just good mates. Just we say- even laugh at your shit jokes. Yeah. All right, well, okay. All right, boys. Let's relax. And you know what? Someone has to do some proper rugby league analysis here. So I guess I'll do it. <laughs> are the Knights better without Ponga? They are winning games. They seem to be playing better footy without Ponga on the field. It seems like a ridiculous idea a couple of weeks ago, but now it looks like the Hastings and Gamble team-up is steering them around better. They're playing against a Manly side that people are like, holy shit, Manly's going to be a dominant team this year. Yeah, but Mudgee's got a good Maccas. Mm, <laughs> yeah. right, uh, yeah, no, I reckon you're right. Like, I think there's a fair point to that. As you say, the stats, the evidence points to them being better without Ponga. Uh, small sample size this year because he only played a couple of games. It'd be interesting to see how they go when he does come back, which I think they're saying is only a couple of weeks away now. Uh, but yeah, right now you're bang on. So well done on your rugby league analysis there, Shane. Thank, I've, I've, mate. I've got another one. I've oh, got another okay, one. Okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go. We're ready. All right, because I want to talk about how the Bulldogs also winning. Oh yeah, I want you against... to eat humble pie on this one. Yeah. That, okay, I got that one. That was more. That was more falling for Sam Thaday's charm. That was That's peer pressure. Happened, That's what that was. <laughs> I, I was. I was ready to I've, tip the Bulldogs and go with you. I've seen Sandcastles stand stronger. <laughs> Just crumble. I'm going to tip the Bulldogs five, four. Okay, Cowboys. I <laughs> know it was start, start. Actually, I think it's just because we'll of the We'll send Cairns that one upstairs, me. actually. We'll get a replay on that. <laughs> but, yeah, what have um, you got? Go on. You've got two of the Penrith coaches that left. Mm. One went to the Warriors. Yeah. One went to the Bulldogs. Which of those two sides do you think, after this many rounds in, at the end of the year is going to be the most successful? Because the Warriors are sitting second on the table and it looks like Wes is doing something interesting over there with this Warriors side that's playing different to how they've ever played before. Who do you think is like showing that they're the better coach right now? Because you Ooh. could argue that the Bulldogs have better firepower after all those signings, yet the Warriors are outperforming that side. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you that the Dogs probably have the better team on paper. Um, but I think the Warriors have kind of clicked a little bit better than the Dogs have at the moment. So, yeah, whatever they're doing over there in New Zealand absolutely amazing. And they're going to be a team that will shake up a lot of teams this year. If they're going to show that energy and effort week in and week out to hang in there against some tough teams and, you know, uh, play the brand of footy that they're playing at the moment, it's going to be, it's going to be brilliant. And I, and I think um, out of those two coaches, oh, yeah, I will say um, – the Warriors have the, the wood at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I think the Warriors, they look a lot better. The, the Bulldogs have shown some really impressive things. Yeah. But even that win over the Cowboys, that was really scrappy and it was an incredible finish and that amazing field goal from Matt Burton in Golden Point. Uh, but they've been up and down. The Warriors have been much more consistent. So I'm, I'm going to jump on your wires there. God, that feels good, dude. That feels so good. I'm going to listen to this part of the podcast like back a few times. Just put I your dubs up, mate. Put your dubs up. <laughs> I tell you what, though, if their brand of footy's letting 20 points in in the first 30 minutes, I don't like that brand. Yeah, of it doesn't matter if you score more in the end. Who cares? Uh, there's a, there's one more thing I want to talk about in the rugby league world. Uh, the Tigers, obviously toothless at the moment, no wins, sitting bottom of the table, 0 and 5. They came to Brisbane, got spanked by the Broncos, but it's not that so much I want to talk about is their CEO, Justin Pascoe, who's a, a bloke who seems to really divide the rugby league world, fans, media, other administrators, that sort of thing. There was vision of him during the Tigers warm-up in a polo shirt, trackies, 
and sneakers, like kicking a footy around like he was sort of one of the trainers. Yeah, he's 19th man. He was ready to yeah. go just in case. That's... And he got slammed for that. They were talking about it on commentary, on radio, on TV, all that sort of stuff because you don't see any other CEOs do that ever. Like I can't imagine Dave Donahue at the Broncos doing that. Uh, I can't imagine Blake Solly at South Sydney doing that, like any of them. Mm. It was just so odd. But then on top of that, at halftime, they're getting beaten 28 nil. And the broadcast shows vision in the Tigers' change room of Tim Sheens addressing his players. And in the background is the CEO leaning back in one of the players' lockers, scrolling on his phone. Yeah, he's just on the ground, mate. Just checking, checking the comments. See if, see if anyone liked his arms with his like painted-on polo shirt and the warm-up. Uh. It's just absolutely for a te- for a club that is absolutely rabble, and your CEO is acting like that publicly, like. Mm. Pretty much, you, you're pretty much calling for people to say, "Well, you're you're what needs to leave." Uh, Good, well, we all agree. Okay, thanks. Yeah, very that's much. what I, I think. That's what a lot of people are saying. I did like Tim Sheen's comments after the game, though, where he said that they he hopes they beat the bye, and I hope they beat the bye. Did too. you like that? I did. So I thought it was funny, but I also thought to myself, I don't want to be sensationalist, but I thought to myself, given their current state, is that an appropriate joke to make? Yep, play on player. Okay, what yeah, do you I've made yeah, worse I, jokes. Yeah, I can, I, like, yeah, Am I being too sensitive? <laughs> yeah, you I are. I think so. Okay. I think so. Because what's what's the other option? You wanted to be there and just doing what they. Yeah, it wasn't good enough. We're not that good. Yeah. We've got a lot of things to fix. Blah blah. Like, like we know that. We, know that. we want two personalities in the game. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'll take and my medicine. See, you're, like, it's a media suck. trying to squash it again, mate. See, kind <laughs> <laughs> of squash our personalities. So I want to know this though, Sam. What was the worst like for you when you were playing? What was the worst like lowest season losing streak or otherwise? That you guys were at, like, because obviously you were part of a very successful Broncos. So I still I think, think in, in all honesty, I still think in two thousand and six, we went on a bat. We lost five straight at one That's point. Right, I remember that after Origin, yeah, like leading into the finals, and we were woeful, and like we we, we turned things around. I think there's there there's some classy enough football players there to get some wins on the board this year. Will they be a premiership threat? No. Um, will they need to fix a lot of things at the end of this year? 1,000%. But for the time being, they are just – they're in a they're in a bad right. They're in a bad way. Um, the first and foremost, they don't need to worry about attack. They just need to go and work on their defense. Stop tries being scored and, and then and go from there. Just go back to bloody basics. Bloody yeah, but basics. you've told me plenty of times that defense, like defense in rugby league is all about attitude. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's showing up for your mates. They don't want to play. Yeah. None yeah. of them want to play for the other guy. That's right. like, it looks. And also, it's been like, it feels like it's been 15 years. <laughs> I know it hasn't been that long, but the Luke Brooks, why are they still, I'm not like trying to be mean to him, but it's like that team has not had a half that can do anything out there. What, I was like, what other club has had a halfback for that long and <laughs> had that crazy. little success? Yeah, It's crazy. And again, like, like, like you, Shad, I, I don't mean to pile on him individually, but. You got to you got to look somewhere, and yeah. he's also being paid upwards of a million dollars a year. Maybe he's not the fit there. Maybe he fits into another. I would love system to see him go to really another club well. and do really well. Yeah, it would be incredible. But him to the Knights early, like when they were saying that that was going to happen, I was like, that would be amazing. But at what point, Sam? Like you're a player, surely at some point inside the team. But at what point do players turn around and go, "Fuck, man!" Like. You're bad. I don't like. I'm hating what I'm doing right now. Playing lots of they're, they're probably coming and training at the moment, kicking tins. Yeah, they, yeah. it's it's not a happy place. It and sucks going to work when you're going. It through is, that, doesn't it? Yeah, it is hard to get motivated to do anything. So yeah, I'm I'm unsure. Maybe they just need to mix things up and just 
don't know, just have, have fun and training. Have some fun. Yeah. Go to a comedy show. Yeah, go to yeah. a comedy show. Yeah. Are they playing Melbourne? Are they playing Melbourne this weekend? Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, maybe they're not. Nah. Uh, no. <laughs> but they will be in Sydney in May. Hey, there we go. Come on, boy. I'll tell you what, I'll probably, by, the, by that time of the year, I'll probably be pulling bigger crowds than they would be. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mate, if you pull your crowds, you'll definitely sell tickets. <laughs> uh, Let's go to Formula One and the Melbourne Grand Prix, the Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne. As we said at the top of the show, absolute chaos. Now, if I recount correctly, I think there was three red flags. Yep. So stoppage of because of you know dangerous situation. Uh, there was multiple yellow flags. There was multiple race stops. Charles Leclerc, Ferrari out first lap. Uh, plenty of other damage, mm. debris everywhere. Max Verstappen wins. Um, I think he wins with like eight cars or twelve cars getting guided to the finish line uh, by the safety car. It pretty much became like a shootout with two rounds to go, and then there was another stoppage, and then the safety car just guided them to it. It's just unbelievable. It was kind of anticlimactic. Like yeah, well, like given everything was... that happened prior to that final lap, the safety car just bringing them to the end, it kind of was anticlimactic. Mm. Yeah, it, but I'll tell you what, Max was happened. Like, the only reason he didn't finish 15 seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton in second was purely because there was two red flags. As soon as he overtook Lewis Hamilton in that race... It is so clear that like F like the Red Bull F1 side is like their car is a rocket ship developed by SpaceX and the other one is made by some guy living out at Mildura that's put a bloody couple of spray cans on the back of the lighter. <laughs> it was like the second turn overtook, it was gone. You're just watching it on the on the like leaderboard. It was in third at one point, but then as soon as the opportunity came, it just went, Oh, he's ahead by four, five, six, seven. At one point he was up by ten. Isn't yeah, it amazing <laughs> the disparity between the engines? Like that like that's Mercedes and Red Bull. And even the gap between those two or two of the top teams is that big. It is absolutely incredible that there's a competition where there's that much difference between one car and the rest of the field. But you know what they say though? Red Bull gives you wings. Yeah. Yeah. And and someone's looking for a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, you want to sponsor the show? Uh. Saints can some some of them have wings as well, I believe. In some of the literature. Maybe they actually put a Red Bull in the engine. You reckon? Mate, yeah, yeah. There's there's some there's something in there. It makes me go crazy. So yeah. it's it's going it to get Alfie go crazy when oh, you combine yeah. it with vodka. Yes. Oh hello. All right, down to the Caxton. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think the big thing is Leclerc. You said went out on the first um, turn. Lewis Hamilton, it's pretty clear that he's not going to drive for Mercedes at the end of this year. And Leclerc, Leclerc can't stay on the track. Does Lewis Hamilton move across the Ferrari, Ferrari. next Ooh, year? Swapsies. Yeah. And where does our boy good. Dan end up? Does he get Well, that's the, that's the other interesting one because there's been photos of him sitting there with his little Red Bull headset on. And he was, you know, the guy that's got the fakest smile all the time wandering around. Didn't look too happy having to sit there and watch the race take place. Wow. Yeah, well, I guess his home, his home um, race as well. But mm. one other thing I found interesting about Formula One watching Drive to Survive, uh, and I, I don't know what the situation is at the moment with the Red Bull engine and mechanics and all that stuff, but in that first season of Drive to Survive, the Red Bull car is using a Renault engine. Yeah. Like, yeah. but Renault sucks. <laughs> Renault, yeah, the team itself, sucks. Yeah, it's 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 actually happening this year. Mercedes, I think I might get this wrong actually, but I think it's whoever Alonso is driving for. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Their engine is supplied, I think, by Mercedes. So it's like a... And he's Alonso's, doing really well. 
doing really, really well and competing against the Mercedes vehicle as well. So it's, it's incredible, like, isn't it? Yeah, but this year I think Red Bull creates their own, or they're with like a different um, constructor in terms oh, of their, okay. their engines. So now, obviously Shad, like we that. do have to um, raise something of concern. There was fans on the at track. The F1 that yes. go on the track, and why did you lead the fans onto the track, yes. Shad? I, I, oh no, that's right. You were in the corporate suites. <laughs> I would not, I would not lower myself <laughs> to be anywhere with those cretins down there. I saw you. So poorly. I saw you. I saw no, you. You no, had a no. sign. Come to my show. I'll tell you right now, I was up in the suites with the Magnums pretending that I knew what the NASDAQ was while that was going on. Look at those peasants down there on the track. Disgusting behaviour. It's pretty wild though. Like who are these idiots that think it's a good idea to sneak onto a Formula One racetrack? And it was only a little bit past the, the finish line. So there were cars still out on the track. So there were yeah. cars that came past and only just missed some of these people. Yeah, because they're allowed on, and there was like there was um, warnings put across the whole ground, so they're like you can't enter the the um, track until we say so, kind of thing. But as soon as that last little weird final lap thing happened, yeah, it was crazy. People leaping over, it was quite. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I didn't realize it was a bad thing, so I started seeing cars oh, come around right. the corner on the track. I was like, oh, hang on, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this could be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd actually start watching F one actually if that would um, think- happen a lot more often. Yeah, instead of the yellow flag, there's a green flag and everyone's just allowed to try and run across the road. (laughs) (laughs) Big news in the cricket world, massive pay rises for female cricketers in Australia, a 66% increase. This, just to give you some of the numbers, some of the stats. So, you know, the highest paid cricketers, female cricketers in the country now have the opportunity to earn around $800,000 a year, maybe up to a million dollars a year if they can get you know, a contract in the women's, like Indian Women's Premier League or something like that. But it's raised the amount of money that cricketers below the very, very cream of the crop uh, can, the amount of money they can earn as well. And when we think about what's happening with some of the other female sports, like the NRLW, who are struggling to get a CBA together, players are signing contracts, not really knowing what they're signing for or how long. Like, you've got to take your hat off to Cricket Australia here. This is pretty incredible. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to... The success of the team, uh, our, our Australian women have been dominating they have. for many, Smoking many it. years. Uh, they've won just about every bit of silverware there is out there. I think they have. And, and, and what comes with that success is eyes on the TV. They're getting more people watching them, uh, which then can bring advertising dollars, which then bumps up the amount of money they can, they can get. And, and that's where you know, I, I see some of the other uh, female sports that we have. They're getting there slowly. And, and they will get there at some point in time. Yeah. And it will come off the back of being successful. Yeah, that's it. Success I, pays. I'll tell you what. The RLPA must be looking at this deal and turning around and emailing the NRL right now and being like, hey, yes. we've just changed our terms now for money. Because, I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Akko, but it said they'll have an average pay packet of a 151. 151,000 could be obviously that's because like the top so, tier will get a lot of money. So yeah. that'll be like a minimum wage. Is that what you, is that what they're that's, saying? That's the average. minimum. The minimum so and average cricket Australia women's contracts will increase by 25. percent So you get yeah, a quarter which, bump. That's which puts so them good. puts them above AFLW and NRLW. I'm pretty sure now. And if you look at the viewership numbers, I'm pretty sure it's AFL then NRL. So if you're sitting there going, okay, the money only comes, which has been the massive issue when people talk about women's pay in sport and parity, it's got to be eyes on the sport, how many people are watching it. 
NRLW and AFLW have got more eyes on the sport, and now they are not the highest-paid players yeah, yeah, in the country. Yeah. It's time to get back down to the uh, uh, back into the meeting rooms and start bumping up that request for cash. Well, I know what Ash Barty's going to do if she ever wants to go back and play sport again after, <laughs> yeah, after she's had some children. Yeah, she'll go back to cricket again. And to just... be fair, she'd still be earning more playing tennis. <laughs> yeah, that's well, you've got to work really hard for that, and you know, well, you don't say... have to work hard to play cricket. Oh, yeah, dig kind of, up, Sam. From, dig from, up. From when I played cricket, I didn't work hard at all. <laughs> no, I'd agree. No. Cricket's just really council workers standing around watching a watching a gravel pit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, look at Warney. He liked to eat like, hot chip and white bread roll sandwiches. Oh, so <laughs> Elite athlete. They're oh, pretty good, though. Yeah. yeah, so NRLW, I'd, I'd imagine they're going to want to be getting back into the negotiating room uh, and start talking about that CBA. I reckon we should start talking about our CBA here. Yeah. Crickets? Uh, have we been paid yet? That's no, right. we do it for love. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I push every week for a new sponsor. Does anyone want to jump on board? <laughs> if you do want to jump on board, you know where to find us. Uh, and those of you listening, of course, please follow us on Instagram at SaintsInAWinner. That's where you'll find the opportunity to ask this big guy some questions. Oh, with my mailbag. Monday, Sam's mailbag on a Monday. If you haven't checked out that episode this week, go back into your feed. First ever mailbag dropped yesterday. Please follow, rate, review, share the love, tell your friends about it, buy tickets for Shad's shows in Melbourne. Slide into our DMs. Slide into our DMs. Semi wants a bit of action, question action. Yes. Uh, Don't forget our tips episode coming out on Thursday, but there'll be content dropping in your feed every single day this week. 